0: cross this house today. Father, we exalt you in this house. We lift you up in this house. You said if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so Father, that's what we do here today. We lift up your son today, Jesus Christ. As he was lifted up on that cross Lord. Lord, he was lifted up for our sins. He was lifted up for our shame. He was lifted up for our sickness. He was lifted up so that we might have the victory. And we lift up his name here in this house today Father we're not here to lift up any other name we're not here to lift up a church we're not here to lift up a denomination we're not here to lift up a preacher we're here to lift up the name that is above every name the name of Jesus Christ we lift that name up here in this place today and Lord we ask that all men all women would be drawn up to you oh God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ in the mighty name of Jesus hallelujah we exalt hallelujah yes Lord we exalt thee yes O oh Lord oh we exalt thee oh Lord. one more time we exalt thee we so Thee. Yes, oh Lord. We exalt Thee. Yes, Jesus. Oh, we exalt Thee. Hallelujah. Oh. Lord, we just lift You up. We thank You for Your presence and Your anointing that is in this house today. Thank you for what I feel in this place today. God, I know, I know I've been in this long enough. I don't live on feelings or emotions, but I do enjoy good feelings, and I thank you for this feeling that has been in this place all day today, Lord. God, I I take time and I recognize that. So many times we just, Lord, we take your blessings for granted and we just sweep it under there, just go on. But God, I refuse to do that today. Lord, I stand here and I thank you. I thank you for such a sweet, sweet atmosphere that is in this place today, God. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for each person that is here in this house today and what you're doing in our midst Lord we praise you we thank you O oh Lord hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody just open up your mouth and praise Him for a minute. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Just say, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Just whatever you feel like praising Him for. Thank you, Jesus. You've been so good to me. Lord, you've been too good for me to keep my mouth shut. Oh, Lord, you bless me too much. You bless me too much. You bless me too much, oh, Lord. I can't be silent. You've answered too many prayers You've done too much for me, oh God. You've kept me safe. You've watched over my family, oh Lord. I can't just be quiet, oh Lord. I've got to open my mouth and praise the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my Lord. Aren't you glad for the Lord's presence here this morning? Amen, amen. Would you take your Bibles with me? Just remain standing a few more moments. Kids can be dismissed to Children's Church at this time. Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15 is where we're going to go today. Genesis chapter 15 is where we're going I want us to read. I want us to read for the sake of time. I read the entire chapter this morning in the first service, but for the sake of time, because I've got more. I told them in the first service. I said I probably should have divided this up into two messages, but I didn't. And so, for the sake of time, I read the whole chapter. Uh, but we're going to uh, we're going to read. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm not sure where I'm going to stop. But let's start in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. Reading from the King James Version this morning. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus." And Abram said, Behold, to me, thou hast given me no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. I'm going to stop in verse six. This is a good stopping place. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Actually, I'm going to get verse 7. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. I want to speak to you this morning on the Abrahamic covenant. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you, Lord, for what you have just been doing all day long around this place. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your love. Thank you, O Lord, for your word. And I pray today that you would anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech that is so absolutely necessary to do what you've called me to do. And, Lord, I pray for every person listening to me, Lord, hearing the sound of my voice here in this building, those listening by podcast. I pray that you'd open their hearts, their minds, and their spirits and do what only you can do. Father, I give you the praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody in the house said, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated here this morning, I want to forget the uh, first time I preached. I was 16, I believe I was 16 years old at Thorn Church of God on a Wednesday night. I came in uh, with a whole bunch of notes and thought I was going to come in and preach a camp meeting sermon, you know, last night. Hour or so, and I think I got done in about 10 minutes. And uh, the longer I preach, the less that happens. I find I have, I come in with a couple of pages of notes, and I've got to look at the clock and say their ears are going to only allow them to hear as much as their rear end allows them to take. And so I try to be sensitive to that. I know how many of you know. Listen, we're we're in a different day and time, and uh, I want to go as the Spirit leads us. But I also know when I start seeing everybody squirm and everybody start getting distracted, we've got a lot less attention spans than we did even 20 years ago. So, but I want you to get this here today. I'm uh, gonna look at a few different things. Stay with me here in the Book of Genesis because we're gonna go back a couple chapters, look at some things, and uh, this is a very very rich portion of Scripture, and I'm probably going to give you about, I'm going to shoot out several things that I could probably go and preach an entire sermon on those things separately, but don't worry, I'm not going to do that this morning, but this is such a rich portion of Scripture here having to do with Abraham or Abram at the time and the covenant that the Lord makes with him, and as you know, just a week or so ago, I preached an entire message on blessed to be a blessing, just a chapter or so before, and uh, every once in a while I'm going. I'm going to just come back to Abraham because how many of you know Abraham's a pretty important person in the Scripture and what God speaks to him and the covenant He makes with him. And we can learn so much uh, as we look at the life of Abraham. And so we're starting here in chapter 15, and so we're going to kind of start in verse one. And if you're taking notes this morning, uh, we're going to look at this thing that said after. These things. Everybody say, after these things. Look at verse 1 with me, the first part of it. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. So you might say, well, what things are we talking about? Well, in order to do that, you have to turn back a chapter, and you have to see what just happened. How many of you have ever heard the story of Abraham and Lot before. Abram had a nephew whose name was Lot, and uh, he was like a father to Lot. And and Abram and Lot, they had begun to accumulate a lot of wealth. They lived together. Uh, They were nomads. They moved around, and and they had accumulated a lot of wealth, a lot of livestock, a lot of servants. They'd gotten so much stuff that it had become impossible for them to live together anymore because their servants got to fighting. They got to fighting over who gets the best grass patch, who gets the best watering hole for the camels and the cows and everything and so finally they said listen we can't let our families and our servants be in conflict any longer we're gonna have to go separate ways and so they went up on a hill and they looked down and Abram said to his nephew Lot he said you pick where you want to go you go that way and whatever way you pick I will go the opposite way of course this is a whole nother sermon Lot looked and he looked over towards Sodom and Gomorrah and it looked great and it looked inviting and it looked green and that's what Lot said hey that's that's the way I'm going to go over there towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abram said, then in that case, I will go the other way. Lot gets over there and at first he's outside the city and he's living there in the vicinity of Sodom and Gomorrah when an alliance of four kings get together and they attack the city of Sodom, and And when they attack the city of Sodom, they not only attack the city, but they then take captive Abram's nephew Lot and his entire family. And so Abram then says, I can't allow my nephew to be captured by these kings. Abram gets his servants, he gets some fighting men together, and he takes off after this alliance of four kings. And Abram chases them down and defeats them and takes back all of the goods that had been stolen from Sodom. Well, when the king of Sodom then comes to Abram, he's like, man, I owe you. You rescued us. You know, this is all your stuff now. But Abram did something that not many people probably would have done. He said, I just felt like I needed to help my nephew. I needed to Help somebody. I saw a need. I saw somebody that was in trouble, and I needed to stop and help them. Folks, I need to tell you that that is what we as Christians are supposed to do, aren't we? We're supposed to see somebody that's in trouble, see somebody that's got a need, and we are supposed to help them when they are in that need. And that's the crazy thing about it. You see, we find that when the word of the Lord came to him, it was after he had helped somebody else. I'm going to get into that in just a little bit more in just a second. We find then something interesting, and some of y'all are going to be like, oh, Lord, here he is again this week on it. I thought it was enough. But here's what we find from the life of Abram. We find a man that was very giving and a man that was faithful to the Lord. And we find that after he had captured all of the stuff back from Sodom, the king of Sodom said, Abram, you have all this stuff. And what did Abram say to him? He said, look, King, I don't want anybody to be able to say that it was you that made Abram wealthy. He said, I don't want anybody to be able to say, you know how Abram got all his stuff? It was because of that king of Sodom. And so Abram said, I'm not taking any of your stuff. But you know what he did? But he said, but before I give you your stuff back I gotta give to God what is God's and you read that story the chapter before he gave the tithe he came to Melchizedek which represented the high priest and the office and the church and the Lord and he tithed 10% of everything that he had captured to the Lord and then the other 90% he said to the king of Sodom you can have your stuff back I don't want it but I'm gonna give God his part before I give it to you get back. And then after Abram had done these things, what did he do? He helped somebody that was in need. He paid his tithes. Oh, y'all are going to be quiet now. That's all right. After Abram helped somebody that was in need and after Abram paid his tithes, then after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram. Folks, I didn't write it. I just read it and preach it. See, this is what the word said. After you are faithful, after you do what God has told you to do, then God will send you a word. You want a blessing? You want something from God? I dare somebody to go. Go ahead and try to bless somebody else. And when you bless somebody else and try to help somebody else and pay your tithes, then at that point, God said, I will then turn around and bless you and take care of you and send you a word. You see, there's too many people that are standing with their hands out saying, bless me, bless me, bless me, give me, give me, give me. But I'm trying to get you to see over this last couple of weeks that in the economy of God, that if you want something, you got to give something. If you want God to bless you, you got to bless somebody else. And when you bless somebody else and you begin to give, God then will turn around and give you more than you ever had to begin with. So if you're in need of a blessing, try blessing somebody else. Secondly this morning we find he gives him a vision. Look at second part of verse one there. where the Lord came into Abraham in a vision saying, "Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great. Reward now. I don't know. I I see everybody that's here, but I don't know. Listening on podcasts, I don't know who happens to listen to this. I can't. I don't know everybody. So if you hear me say Abram and Abraham, that's the same dude. How many of you know? Here in the scripture, you go a couple chapters over, and God said, "I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham." So sometimes at this point in scripture, in chapter 15, he's still Abram, but he eventually becomes Abraham. So if you're hearing me say that and you don't know, used to I could preach, and everybody knew all that stuff, but everybody don't know when it. We got a lot of biblically illiterate people that are sitting in pews and listening to preaching. So I try to give you this as I go along. So if you hear me interchange Abram and Abraham, that's the same dude. Punch the person beside you and say it's the same dude. (laughs) So here we are in the second part of the vision. The Lord called him by name. Someone once said this. The word says everyone. The spirit says everyone such a one. You say, what are you talking about? When you read the word of God, it says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible tells me in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, the word says everyone. The the word says everybody that will see, but then it's the spirit of God that then hits you and makes it personal you see I went to Sunday school and I went to children's church but it wasn't until one Sunday night at Parkway Baptist Church when I was seven years old up in Houston Mississippi that then the Holy Ghost made it personal to me and convicted me of my sins and said it's not just everyone anymore it is such a one it's you Dennis it is you that I want to accept my gift and for every one of us here that would say we're saved all of us have had that experience at some point we heard the preaching we heard the word of such a one but it's the spirit of almighty God that then comes in and says it is you that I'm talking to it is you personally that I am calling by name God called him by name I just need to remind somebody God knows your name Listen, I I may not know your name. The preacher, I'm still trying to learn names. The preacher may not know your name, but God knows your name. You may go around town and walk into a restaurant and nobody know your name, but I'm telling you God Almighty knows your name. Your boss might not even know your name. Your supervisor might not even know your name. People you know supposed to know your name might not know your name, but I just need you to know that the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one that put this whole thing into existence, God Almighty, Knows your name And what does he say He says to Abram Do not be afraid I said I got a little bit of uh, Got a little bit of fact check Or somebody helped me this morning I said this morning In the first service I I did not do the research I got it written I've heard it a hundred times But I couldn't remember What it was Scripture Over and over in Scripture We find that little phrase Either do not be afraid Fear not Or some derivative of that all the way from Genesis, all the way from Revelation. Over somebody told me this morning, I bet y'all all all right? I'm gonna take this coat off. It's hot in here. It's done getting summertime here. Um, over a hundred times throughout scripture, we find that little fruit. Fear not, do not be afraid. You know, we hear over and over and over. God God tells Abraham here. He tells Moses later on. He tells Joshua later on. He tells his prophets later on. Over and over and over. The Lord says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. And here we find in the life of Abram, the very first thing he tells him is, Abram, fear not. Do not be afraid, he says to him. You see, here's the deal. With great faith... Sometimes comes great fear. Let me remind you, I told you what he had just done. He had just defeated an alliance of four kings. And perhaps he got to thinking, what if the people from these four kings, what if these nations, what if these groups then decide to regroup and retaliate against me? Think about that. I think that could have been going through his mind. You read through this Bible and some of the greatest victories, the prophet Elijah he, he, had been, he had had enough of what was going on in Israel. Uh, Jezebel and Ahab, they've been running amok in Israel. They've been they've been praising Baal. They've been worshiping false gods. Finally, Elijah said, enough is enough. He said, we're about to have a showdown on Mount Carmel. He said, let's, do, let's get up there. We're going to make so you make an altar to Baal. I'm going to make an altar to Almighty God. He said, let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And so Elijah, he was courteous, and he said, hey, you guys go first. I'm going to let you. Read the scripture sometime in the book of 1 Kings, I believe it is. And in the book of 1 Kings you find that they begin to dance around. They begin to cut at their sails. They begin to cry out to Baal. But they were crying out to a God that didn't have ears, that didn't have eyes. He was just a little statue. He was a false God. And then finally, the Bible said, when the time came for the sacrifice, Elijah said, enough is enough, fellas. Get out the way. And he gets up and he prays a simple prayer. Fire falls from heaven, consumes the sacrifice the altar, licks up the water around the trench, and he then goes and kills the false prophets that are there. And then what happens after such a great victory? Jezebel starts to threaten his life. And what does he do? He cowers, and he runs, and he hides. He's afraid of this woman. You see, After great victories many times. Let me talk to you about that. If you've ever had a great victory, the enemy likes to kind of come around in behind that great victory and put some fear in you and make you think, oh, you're going to regret this. You got got this, but you're going to regret it now. But God said to Abram, he said, fear not. Listen to the pastor this morning. Listen to me. God said it, I told you, over a hundred times throughout Scripture. He said, fear not. And so God sent me by here to tell somebody, fear not not. Do not be afraid. You are not an oddball. Listen, we all struggle with fear at times. We all have to face fear sometimes, but do not succumb to the fear. Do not live in fear. You pick up your Bible, you pick up the Word of God, and you start reading about how God says to fear not. Do not be afraid. God is going to take care of you. Not just that, but just begin to recite. Just begin to recite the times that God has taken care of you begin to talk about the goodness of the Lord how he took care of you then how he took care of you there how he was going beside you there how he didn't let you get killed over here and then it just begins to build faith and realize I don't have to be afraid because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind So the Lord says, don't be afraid. He says, I am your shield. So God was saying to Abram, I am present with you, actually caring for you. Later on, we find in the scripture that he is a very present help in time of trouble. You see, the great news is he's with us. You know, it's significant to me that the Lord says, I am your shield. Now, I'm thankful for angels. I, I've got a whole sermon that I'll preach sometime about angels. I believe in angels. I believe there are angels all around us. God God sends them out. They do things for him. They protect us. I, I believe. I'm a firm believer in it. Yeah, the Bible talks about we've entertained angels and we don't even realize it sometimes. And listen, I'm thankful for angels, but I'm even more thankful that the Lord didn't say to Abram. He didn't say, you know what? I'm going to send Gabriel, he's going to be your shield. He didn't say, I'm going to send Michael the archangel, he's going to be your shield. Nope. What did he say? He said, Abram, he said, I, I am your shield. And listen, if he's my shield, that means that he's got to be with me, don't it? Now this is obviously, this is not a great representation of God, but it's kind of like a shield, ain't it? And so if this is going to be my shield, I mean, you just try to punch this, don't break your hand. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, he's my shield. If something's going to be my shield, it's got to be with me. God, if he says, I am your shield, that means he is going to be with me every place that I Go, I am thankful this morning that I don't serve a God that is just sitting up in heaven leaving me by myself. No, he said, Abram, I am your shield. In other words, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. I'm going to tell you that you are my own. Everywhere you go, I am going to be with you. Amen. The Lord says, I'm going to be your shield, Abram. I'm going to be right there with you. And this is the reason Abram could be not afraid because he knew God was with him. He said, I am your very great reward. Let me take you back to what I had mentioned earlier. Abram had refused the reward of the king of Sodom. And there are times as Christians that we sometimes have to refuse the rewards of the world. There are some times where the world is going to, they're going to offer us things. There are going to be things that we could partake of. There are going to be rewards that we could have. But we as Christians must be sensitive to the spirit of God and realize that that is not for us and God tells Abram that he is Abram's reward and I believe because Abram refused the reward of the king of Sodom God then became Abram's reward go to the New Testament Jesus himself teaches about it he talks about when you give he said when you give don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing you see some people and he talks about it. This is the Lord, not me. The Lord talks about it. He says, "Listen, if you give and you do it for the praises of man, guess what you're going to get? That. That's it. If you're doing for God to be, get a pat on the back, to get a attaboy a boy or a had a girl, if you're doing it for recognition, if you're doing it for a Facebook post, then that is the reward that you're going to get." Because the Lord said, if you want that, if you want the recognition of men, he said, that's what you'll get. That is your reward. But he said, when you give, give in secret. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And when you do it that way, what does he say? He said, Then, you who gave in secret, the Lord will reward openly. You see, I believe when Abram said, I'm not going to take the reward of the world. I refuse to take what the king of Sodom wants to give me. And then God comes back and said, Abram, because you did that, now I am your reward. I am the one that's going to lift you up. I am the one that's going to bless you. I am the one that is going to be your very great reward. You know, there's a lot of people wonder why God isn't blessing or rewarding them. Remember this, that Sodom in Scripture always represents the world or sin. And as long as we are soaking up the pleasures of sin for a season, God is not going to reward us. There are some preachers, I think we've done a disservice when we've talked about sin before. Because a lot of preachers don't give the full story about sin. You know what Scripture says? Scripture says there is pleasure in sin for a season. And so when preachers just get up and talk about how bad sin is and how awful sin is and everything, and then they dabble in it a little bit and suddenly, hey, this ain't as bad as what he said at the beginning. Stay with me. Then people are confused. They're like, well, he don't know what he's talking about. So listen, listen to me this morning. Scripture is clear. There is pleasure in sin for a season, but what the end thereof is destruction. So here's the deal. Yes, you start dabbling it in a little bit, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great, and it's going to catch you off guard. Oh, that, that preacher, my mom and dad they's all just lying. They just didn't want me to have a part of it. They knew how good this. No, I'm telling you, I'm standing behind this pulpit and telling you, yes, there is pleasure in sin for a season. You start to enjoy it at the beginning. It's going to be great, but don't you be fooled because once you get hooked on it, destruction is on the way. And as long as we are soaking up the pleasures of sin for a season, God is not going to reward us from heaven. But when we refuse the reward of the world, God then becomes our reward, and he is eternal. i got to keep moving. Thirdly, if you're taking notes, we find two important things to Abram in verses 2 through 5. Look with me, chapter 15. Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Seeing I go childless. And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given me no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed There were two very important things that come into focus in the life of Abram. An inheritance, everybody say an inheritance, and an heir. There you go. So neither of which can be complete without the other to Abram. You see, Abram already had the inheritance. Look with me. Turn back one chapter, chapter 13. Chapter 13, I want you to see this. Chapter 13 and verse 2, right there says this, and Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Abram already had the inheritance, but the inheritance was not even that important to him without the heir. You see, God had blessed him so much, but these things were just not of great importance to him. And this is where, and I know you heard me say this last week, but I'm going to say it again. This is where I believe the prosperity gospel has, has done a grave injustice to the gospel and to the church. Because we've gotten this mix, this mixed bag about what it is. I want you to hear me. God obviously has no problem with blessing people. God wants you to have stuff, but he don't want your stuff to have you. The problem comes when your stuff has you. Abraham had a whole bunch of stuff. I read it. That's the Bible. It said, and Abram was very rich in cattle, silver, and in gold. And in that day, that's what rich meant. If you had cattle and you had silver and you had gold, you were rich. But Abram had stuff, but his stuff did not have him. You see, these things were not important to Abram. What was important to him was that he needed an heir. He wanted a child, and his only heir at this point was a servant that had been born in his household. Don't misunderstand me when I say this, but once again, I need you to understand where we're coming from in this Old Testament, ancient Old Testament time, the mentality of the people then. So when I say this, don't get offended. He didn't even have a daughter to leave it to. I love my two girls, and we're not in the same society that they were back then, but if you study about their society, it was all about a male heir. And sometimes you find that there were some that had daughters, but listen, Abram didn't even have a daughter. He didn't have a son. He didn't have a daughter. He had a servant that had been born in his household that was kind of like a son to him, and he was going to be the one that was going to, Inherit everything that he had. And I believe that he struggled with everyone around him having children except for him. Look at verse uh, chapter 15 again with me. Verse 3. I want you to see this. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. Hmm. Does that sound familiar to y'all? God, you've blessed. you blessed Dale, but you haven't blessed me. Lord, you've blessed Grace. She's so stinking smart, working on Ph.D. I struggled to get a bachelor's degree. You blessed her with smarts, but you didn't bless me with it. Come on. Abram's saying that. He's like, to me. You've you've not blessed me with, see, I look at my servants, they're having kids. I look at my enemies, they're having kids. I look at everybody around me, and they got it going on. But I can't even have the air that I want. How many of us do that? God, you're blessing them. You bless them, but you're not blessing me. Now I know y'all are all too spiritual here this morning to have ever done that, but I'll be the first one to stand up here and admit that I've watched it happen. Oh, even us preachers sometimes can get jealous. Oh, look at how you're blessing their church. Look at how you're blessing their church. Look at at the services they're having. Look at all the people that's coming out to their church. Look at at all the good things you're doing for them. But me, y'all are more spiritual than I am. I know y'all done it. Look at so-and-so. I applied for that promotion, but they got it. Hey, look, at so they don't even pay their tithes. And look, they got a much nicer house than I can afford. Abram was struggling. You have given me no children. Everybody else is having it but me. But you've given me no children. Let me just tell you this. Nobody, and I mean nobody, likes to wait for a promise. None of us do. And y'all can act like you do, but I know you don't. Nobody likes to wait for a promise. This was another little factoid that I got handed to me after service. I am, I've am i been an American all my life, and I have unfortunately given in to this mentality like most of us have. The song, and I couldn't remember who sang it, and I was told after service it was Queen that sang it. That song, I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Yeah. And that's what we do. We want it and we want it all. And we want it right now. And nobody likes to wait for a promise. If you look back, you find that In chapter 12, I believe it was, when he's talking to Abram and he's dealing with Lot, he was 75 then. And Scripture tells us that, I don't know exactly in chapter 15 exactly how old he is, but we know that Isaac, the promised son, doesn't come until he is 100 years old. Nobody likes to wait for a promise. But Abram had been given a promise by God that he would be the father of of a great nation. In fact, he takes it out. It's like this little picture here shows you, he takes him out there. We read that in the text. He takes him out there and say, "Hey, look. When's the last time you've been out been out of the city? Can't can't see it when all the lights in, t- in town but how have you been out in the country lately? Go out where it's good and dark and you look up and there's no clouds and you see all the stars up in the heavens." And God took him out there and he said, Abram you see that? That's going to be your seed. Hey, those same folks, those same folks right now, and I know some people don't understand it again because we got a lot of biblically illiterate people. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for all nations, but there's something about the seed of Abraham and what's going on in Israel right now. Those folks over there fighting, getting bombed and all that, that is the seed of Abraham. And God said, I'm going to make your descendants as many as the stars in the sky. I want you to see something very interesting here, something that I had never really seen until about a couple years ago that I had never really realized. I told you, stay in Genesis with me. Turn back to chapter 11 now. Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. I want you to see something. Y'all may have seen this before, but it took me, it wasn't until just a couple years ago that I really saw this. Chapter 30, excuse me, chapter 11, verse 31 says this, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son. And Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth from them, from Ur of the Chaldees, to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years old, and Terah died in Haran. This is something. This is something I never saw until a couple years ago. Because we know that Abram, Abraham eventually, he is a man that is revered by Christians, Jews, and even Muslims. Abraham is a—it's is such a well-respected figure in this entire world. But did you know, did you realize it could have been instead of Abraham, it could have been Terah? The way I read this right here, Abram's father, Terah, got Abram, got Lot, got all these people together and said, and they went forth with them from Ur the Chaldees, to go into the land of Canaan. But what happened? It says there, and they came to Haran and dwelt there, and Terah died there. Listen, some of you struggle because of your background. And you say, well, you know, I just, I don't have the kind of heritage, you know. I, I come from a rough upbringing. You just don't understand. Listen, Abram finished what Terah wouldn't. The Bible specifically said there that his daddy was headed to Canaan, but he got to Haran and he's like, eh, just a little too much. I'm going to stay here. But Abram finished what his daddy wouldn't. Listen, I'm telling you, you are more than where you come from. You are more than your background. You are more than what you were raised up in. And some of us, listen, I've got a good raising. I'm I've got a blessed raising. But I can't that I know of. And my aunt might tell me that I don't I don't know of any other preacher in my family, on either side, how I got here. It's just the Lord. I'm telling y'all, folks, it don't matter where you're from. Tara did not. Finish it. But Abram said, I am not going to fail where my father did. I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep on. I'm going to do what God wants to do. I just need to encourage somebody here in this place this morning. Don't you stop. Don't you quit. I don't care what kind of rough upbringing you've been from. I don't care what kind of past you've got in your own life. It is not too late. If you've still got breath in your body, don't you quit now. Don't you give up now. Finish what God has called you to do. So we find then God reconfirms and explains his promise. Verses 4 and 5. Back to our text, chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, talking about the servant. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, tell the stars, if thou be able to number them, and he said unto them, So shall thy seed be. Abram would have a child from his own flesh. And not only would he have a child from his own flesh, there would be so many, God says, that you're not even going to be able to count them. They're going to be so numerous. Remember, I told you, I can't remember. I know he's at least 75, maybe a little older at this point. And what we find in verse 6 is significant. And he believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. I'm telling you that the Lord is looking for people that will believe what he says. I'm ready for big faith again. I'm ready to believe God for big things again. This was big. I know it's not big for us because sometimes the disadvantage of where we're at, when we read these Bible stories, we know what happens. We know that at 100, Abram, who Abraham then becomes, he has Isaac. Sarah, 90. We know that. But listen, imagine telling a 75-year-old man, imagine when he was 98 and Sarah was not pregnant yet. That was big faith. I'm gonna tell you, I know that all of us from time to time, we got some big stuff that we've got to believe God for. We got some big things that seem just as impossible as an old man and an old woman having a kid. But if we will believe what God says, He will accredit to us as righteousness. I'm believing that it's time for us as a church to begin to have that big vision. And that big expectation again. Listen, I don't believe God's done till the trumpet sounds and we're taking up. God ain't done yet, folks. I don't care how wicked the world is. I don't care what's going on around us. God is not done. And I believe no matter how impossible it may seem, I'm believing God for big things. I'm believing God to save people in this church. I'm believing for God to heal people in this church. I'm believing for God to set people free from addictions of drugs and alcohol in this church. I'm believing for the big stuff to happen again. God will do it. We we just have to believe that he'll do it some of y'all got some big stuff you need God to do you got some situations in your family that you need God to take care of and can't nobody but God do it Abram had been having struggles I told you already we find in in verse uh, 3 was it first yes in verse 3 when he said behold to me thou had given me no seed Listen, it's it's a process. God's patient with us. Aren't you glad about that? I mean, we see a process here. Abram, to me, you've not given a seed, but then by verse 6, it says, and he believed the Lord. Sometimes you just got to work through your stuff. It's normal to struggle. It's normal to have doubt. I am never going to try to stand up here and try to act like something because I don't believe it's good for anybody. I will tell you that I struggle at times and I have battles at times and I don't believe at times and I just got to work through that stuff. The thing is, just don't. It's okay to struggle and it's okay to battle, but don't stay there. Work through it. Abram said to me, you've not given me a seed in verse 3, but by verse 6 he has. Work through it and heard the word of the Lord, and the Bible said he believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. You see, somebody here this morning, you may have come in this place struggling, you may have come in this place doubting, but God sent me here with a word from the Lord, and you've heard that word, heard it, you've heard that word, and it's getting in your spirit, and the spirit of the Lord is touching you there. So I need somebody here to get past that place of doubt and past that place of wonder. I need you to do like Abraham and believe not what Dennis Laughlin said but I need you to believe what the word of God says and the Lord will credit to you as righteousness and do the miraculous life. Fifthly and finally, singers and musicians, come on, take your place. We find God gives Abram assurance of the promised land. I closed it too quick. Verse 7, chapter 15. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. I told you, Abram finished what his father didn't. Terah stopped in Haran. Abram goes all the way to Canaan, and here he is in Canaan. And the Lord speaks to him, and he tells him, I brought you. I'm the Lord that brought you out of Ur. I'm the one that brought you from when your dad stopped at Haran. I'm the one that brought you from there and brought you all the way here to Canaan. And I brought you here to give thee this land to inherit it. Now, we know that we find a fulfillment. You go, you go all the way, go over to the book of Joshua. I don't have time to completely go into that. But you go through Egypt. You go through the wilderness, 400 years of bondage. And you go and you finally find in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 2. The Lord speaking to Joshua. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, Arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given to you as I said unto Moses. And when you read back where we've just been, and he had said it before he ever said it to Moses, he had said it to Abram. This place is yours. God never promises more than he is able to perform, as some people do. The book of Ephesians, chapter 3 and verse 20, I want to drop this in your spirit before we get out of here today. Ephesians 3 and 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now unto Him, God, that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. See, we find here, the Lord says then in the New Testament, Power is living in us. Unto him is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. Those, are, those adjectives are adverbs. Adjectives, English, no English majors here. One of them descriptive things. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. Then he says all you can ask or even think. You know, I can think of a whole bunch of big stuff that God could do for me. But he said he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can even think about. According to what? The power that worketh in us. How many of you are saved? How many of you know the Lord here today? You're saved here today? Well, guess what? That power, that power, it's up there. That power is already on the inside of you already there whatever you need the power is already there God is already there what do we got to do I believe we got to do like Abraham we just got to believe what the Lord says stand with me if you will please this morning I know the time I know what time it is I know some of y'all are hungry I'm hungry too don't worry I done <laughs> preached twice this morning I'm hungry But I don't want to leave this place without first giving an opportunity. I'm thankful. I told you. I told you last week. Maybe I told you or one of the services I told you. Told you this. You know, we're about a year out now from opening back up and being back in the house of the Lord after quarantine and shutdown and all that stuff. So I don't want to miss an opportunity that we can now gather together and pray one for another I know some still don't feel comfortable and that's alright if you don't please just you 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 stay where you're at and you sit but listen if, if you feel comfortable today I want to invite you to come I want to invite you to come and if you need God to do something big in your life you need God to take care of something you got something going on and you need God to do exceedingly Abundantly, above all that you can ever ask or imagine He's already here He's able to do it You just need to believe Believe that He's able Who here would say, I need the Lord to do something for me I want to pray with you Would you just step out Step out and find you a place here I want to pray with you this morning Everybody that wants prayer you want. Maybe it's healing Maybe you got a son or a daughter that's lost, a grandson or a granddaughter that's lost. I don't know what the issue may be. But if you need the Lord to do something for you today, I just want you to come and stand in this altar right now. We're going to believe God for big stuff today. We're going to believe the Lord for some big stuff here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're going to believe God for some big stuff in this house here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody else in this house? Anybody else in this house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, I need some prayer warriors. Sister Linda, come on. I need some prayer warriors to come start praying with me. I'm about to pray over these. Praise seems about to begin to sing. I want all those at your seat. Would you just stretch your hands this way? We're going to believe God for some big stuff today. We're going to believe God to do some mighty things in this house today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. If you're up here and you need God to do some big stuff for you, just put your hands in the air right now. Would you do that? Put your hands in the air right now I'm about to come by I'm going to pray with all of you I want you to just begin to pray and believe and say Lord I need you to do some stuff for me today in the mighty name of Jesus I've had